Welcome to the 22nd episode of Bantwits. My name is Queen Rafi. This is my podcast, Queen Rafi Space. And for today's episode, my guest was Daniel Briggs Adisa, who is podcaster and host of The Volatile Times with Daniel and Overthinker, somebody who is quite passionate about comics, music, and men issues. And he's also a secondary school teacher. And we got into a conversation about what life is like for a man living in Nigeria. We did touch on really important important topics like men as calm, mental health for men, who is a real man? Is there even anything like that? We got into all of those conversations and trust me, this is one episode that you need to share with the man that you love most in your life. Do listen in. And for today's episode, I'm going to be having quite an important conversation with Daniel Briggs Adisa, very brilliant young man. And we're going to be talking about life as a man in Nigeria. Yes, that's what the conversation is about. Life as a man in Nigeria. This came to me from the backlog of the fact that this past week on Thursday to be precise was actually International Men's Day. It actually trended on Twitter. But compared to International Women's Day, a couple of people were like, oh, it didn't get as much buzz. It didn't, it didn't get as much vibe like how International Women's Day we get a lot of a lot of attention and all of that. So I felt, you know what? Let me bring in one brilliant young man I know and let's just have bands and conversations about what it's feels like to be a man in Nigeria. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Thank you so very much for having me. I am honored to be here. Thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited that you're here. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> All right, so um, let's start with our conversation. First off, on a scale okay. of 1 to 10, how easy do you think it is for the average man in Nigeria? Scale of 1 to 10, how easy? Uh, <laughs> It's not easy being in Nigeria, period, like, period. So uh, then I've been a man in recent times. I think, okay, maybe, let me say at a five or six. Let me settle at six. Why are you picking a six? Um, it's because there's this assumption that, you know, it's easy for guys generally, that it's just easy because guys are simple creatures, like men are simple creatures. So automatically that means everything is easy you know and everything which is actually the opposite right from how we are raised in childhood and what is expected of us as we are growing and even as we are grown already like it's really not easy there's a mountain of responsibilities that we have to see to at every stage of our lives so that's why pk6 hmm. i like that you said you know the responsibilities placed on men as they grow up which would lead me to another question that i wanted us to have a conversation about in my opinion, I do not think that the society does enough to prepare boys into becoming men. What do you think about that? Um, yes, yes, I, t- I, I agree. I don't have too much material on this, so I cannot say it's 100%, but I agree in the fact that um, there was something I was talking about with my students the other day, um, female students, because I'm a secondary school teacher. And we're talking about, you know, the differences between how a girl and a boy is raised. And we sort of came to, con- to the conclusion that girls tend to receive much more love than a male child. Like a male child is always seen as troublesome. So from that very onset, the responsibility is tame yourself, be less energetic, be less this, be less that be more like your sister, be more like this. 
aren't you a boy? And then, you know, it then starts graduating to, aren't you a boy? You should be able to do this. Which then graduates to, to the conversation of, aren't you a man? You should be able to do this. And non, nowhere through all of this is there a particular teaching on, you know, how to be a man. Like, it's left up to guesswork. And it's also left up to guesswork for boys to settle their issues and, you know, be responsible and everything. It's expected but it's not necessarily put for boys to understand as they are growing up. So yes, I agree with that presupposition. Which is quite interesting. And I don't know about girls getting more love, but I've always been a champion, or not a champion, I've always been of the opinion that girls get more manual. (laughs) They get more manual as to how to navigate being a woman. It doesn't necessarily mean that this manual is the best manual, but it looks like the girls do have a template, but then the guys are just left to say, you know what, figure it out. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense from where you're coming from. Now, this leads me to a conversation that comes up quite a lot of times. Okay. First off, we've talked about guys not having manual as regards what they're supposed to be like. We just expect mm-hmm. that, you know, your XY chromosome is supposed to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but we also continue to have the conversation of you're not a real man. You're not a real man. Mm-hmm. A real man doesn't do this. A real man doesn't do that. Give me Daniel Briggs's definition of a real man. Um, okay, a real man. Hmm. Well, that's actually a very, very tough, like something because um, I remember there was, and um, what I'm about to say is very, very surprising to me. There was a conversation I had with a stranger on Instagram, a very, very deep conversation, which I don't think happens on social media a lot. And it was, I posted the question, I think either on my private Insta or my podcast Insta, that what makes a real man? And this person came and said, that question in and of itself does not have an answer because it's like, you should remove the real from there. Like a man is a man. It's, it's like saying a human being. You, a human being does not become less real or more real by the actions they make or, you know, their personality or anything. A human being is a human being. And the same way I'll say it, a man is a man. Whether he is effeminate in his actions, whether he is rich or poor, whether he has six packs or pot belly like myself, a man is a man. So, like, that whole thing of real men and, you know, lesser men i guess i think it's less of what makes somebody a man and more of the okay let me say the it follows the narrative of the amount of responsibility and expectations that is constantly expected of men and when you do not meet these things is you know it's taken as you're a real man like your masculinity is challenged your self-esteem is challenged your worth is challenged and every other thing is challenged and by the way most of these responsibilities are actually to the detriment of the guy himself. It's not like he has to do these things to meet other people's needs. Mostly women, I know many people disagree with me, but I doubt many guys will disagree. Mostly women, like, I read a thread on Twitter, it's by this guy at Oloye underscore underscore. And he, in in the thread, he said something, said, most of the decision making that men do from childhood to adulthood is mostly centered around the wants and desires of women like and i see this a lot as a secondary school teacher a boy is growing up he likes a girl he starts to do this he starts to you know pay more attention he starts to save up his money and everything not for himself it all to impress the other girl and we still see it today you know men work so hard at jobs that they totally hate 
you know um have less social life because their actual uh, attractiveness to women is dependent on how much is in their pockets and how well they look physically so they you know they subject themselves to all of these standards not for their own happiness but just to meet up with the standard of the other person so like the whole conversation of real men uh, versus like i said on real men like i don't really know the term that is used i think it's i think it has nothing to do with actual masculinity and more like forcing men to adhere to already placed standards i love where you took this conversation too because as soon as i said real man i asked myself okay wait is there fake man <laughs> but i really wanted to hear your point of view of what that feels like because i've always been of the opinion that you know a man is a man it's even better if you say what makes a man a responsible adult than when you say exactly what makes you that's a, a man. better conversation that's a better conversation i would also argue that i think some women oh yeah i'll say some women because some women have also graduated from that some women also make most of their decisions revolving around men because technically in this world we feed off each other so as men are making their decisions and revolving it around how to please a woman, some women are also making that same plan and decision because they want to look like the ideal woman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree, I agree. So at the end of the day, it almost feels like we are just pressuring each other with no, no end game in sight. Mm, I agree, but there's, I think there's a difference to it when it when it comes to the male gender and the female gender so what's for the men it's I, for men it's more of a life or death issue like you know when we talk about you know men being aggressive in the workplace men constantly chasing achievements constantly chasing material things and everything and you know like they are always competitive even when it's with a woman and everything that you know they want to get these things and the truth is for men we have to do those things because otherwise we have no value our value is essentially placed on how much we can do and how much we can get. For a woman, now, if a woman decides to be a career woman, it's not a life or death issue. Her value is like her value and attractiveness, her desirability as a, let me say, life partner is not totally hinged on the concept of, of, oh, how well did she do in the workplace? You know, how much does she earn? But for a man, that is literally everything about his life. Even if you are single, people still relate to you based on how rich you look you know and you know with, with a girl you can put on makeup you know have a nice face and fine body and snag a man right and i know that's a very very you know unfeministic is that how they say it or misogynist thing to say but it's still true like women still have that escape men don't men it's like you're not successful you're trash that's it like that's it so even if women still have to make decisions around you know a man it's like for men it's that's their entire life like that is their entire life and for women it's like that's just a part of their life hmm. i see the sense in what you're saying because it's like succeed or die that's what basically exactly. what exactly. it looks like for a man. I was listening to a radio show one time and the host was asking a particular question about, I think it had to do with maybe um, love or something of that nature. And I remember calling in, to, I, I don't remember what the exact question was. And I remember calling in to say, some men find it difficult to love a woman who can provide for herself. Because it's like, what am I supposed to do for you now? Since you already have your own money. Nigerian society doesn't teach men that you can be whole even if you're not offering money. Yes, yes. I, I agree with what you're saying. But it's more like 
we don't know what that is. Like, what does it mean to be ourselves when we are not offering something? Like, it's, it's, it's not something we are raised. It's not a concept we know from childhood. Like, we are not even introduced to like 1% of it. It's always on a basis of what you can do. So, and this is not a Nigerian men thing. This is actually men in general. Like whether it's the US, the UK, I mean, sure, it is lesser now. It's a bit lesser now, although maybe more rigid in Nigeria too, but it's a bit lesser, but still it's very, very significant thing. Like, and I think this is one of the reasons why most men are very, very opposed to feminism or we're very, very opposed to feminism is that, you know, you tell women you can do everything by yourself. You don't need a man. You don't need a man at all in your entire life. And the man automatically goes, so what is my purpose you understand like he works so hard he does jobs he gets money he doesn't even need to buy stuff to impress you and yet you know this philosophy comes that says girl you don't need to be impressed by any of those things so it's like automatically you are challenging the self-worth of a man like if everything he has to offer is of no use then what is it and then you tell the man that you know you can aspire to be other things like what Hmm. Very valid conversation. And I almost feel like this conversation is 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 bigger than we see it. Because it is bigger. Yeah. Because the way you explained it now, and it's the truth, we are we are building a, a chain of amazing strong women, which is perfectly fine. But True. it's also good that we start to help men discover their purpose beyond what they can provide. I agree. I agree. And I, I've, it's something I echo because I don't really talk about this too much in the social media space because really, I don't want to get into, like, there's this thing that guys say and, you know, when, when women hear it, it's like really, really annoying and I understand why it's annoying, but it's mostly true and it's that you cannot talk to a woman, like you cannot maybe have a debate, like a civil debate or anything, it automatically boils down to emotion and then name callings and something like that. And it's mostly true from my experience and from experience of other people that I know. You remember the episode I did um, reacting to Brown, what Brown said um, in response to Tian's podcast episode? Yes, I did remember that episode. Do you know I got so much flack for that episode? Like the in fact that that had the that episode had the highest amount of engagement my podcast has ever had. And most of it was negative. And not I think you were the only person, you and one other person, that actually addressed the things I said. Everyone else came to come and say, eh, not all women, this and that, you know, you are just bitter and stuff. And I was like, I mentioned some really, really hurtful things that hurt men and barely any of these people are coming to talk about it it's like you know women can do no wrong that kind of thing and that is how most guys see it that's why most guys don't talk about it because it's like if you're a man and you complain about something you're not a real man if you're a man and you cannot solve this issue even though this issue is not something you can solve all by yourself like it takes an entire generation to solve it you're not a real man if you cannot solve it so like men just keep quiet and even most men don't even see anything bad in it because this is what we are supposed to be this is how we are supposed to be. You understand? This is how we are raised. What else is there to have? Or, you know, various things like that. And it's it's a bigger conversation. And we aren't having it because most men are not allowed to have it. Most men are not allowed to have it. And what and the women who have the voices to actually talk about these things, they raise things like toxic masculinity, even though nobody can really define it. And those who define it end up saying that their definition does not hold. You have toxic masculinity. You have the thing that men should wear dresses. And I'm like, why 
is this the conversation and not actually addressing things that are harming men's psyche and their lives hmm. so yeah one thing i'm blessed for is the world is, is this, the world of podcasting because of how it has exposed me to minds like you minds like mifa of um the uni podcast and these are men who are saying see i don't care what the society expects me to be i have such mm-hmm. deep into myself to say i don't want myself or to only be tied to what i can offer and yes. as regards the episode you were talking about you raised valid i don't think i've ever been excited listening to a podcast episode like i was listening to that your i i listened to that episode three more times and i wow. really yes because i am always excited to have men come into the conversation i know that we want to drive women to have more conversations and god knows that i am happy for how much exposure we've gotten but we cannot leave the men behind because what you will do is produce an amazing phenomenal set of women and leave them to mediocre men that will still break them down Mm, wow, wow. Because last, I love, last. I love how you put that. Because last, last, we need each other to survive in this world. Only men yes, alone so. cannot live in this world. Women alone cannot live mm. in this world. So if we are trying to make women to be amazing and to have self-worth beyond how they look and everything, it's important for us to also teach men to say, you know what, guys, you can be a man beyond what's how much you have in your pocket but like i said this conversation is way bigger than us so let's move to the next thing i wanted to talk about and okay. i'm going to pick it up from something you said the team for the 2020 international men's day was better health for men and boys hmm. better health is broad me i want to narrow it down to mental health hmm. We already talked about all these angles of how men cannot really come out to talk about their issues because it will look like, ah, you're a man, why are you whining? That's what the society is going to time it, time it, right? Or people are not yeah. going to see the angle you're coming from and they're just going to come attack, attack, attack. So now, as a man who has sort of just acclimatized to what the society has endorsed, even though it's wrong, how do I protect my mental health? What's your go-to advice? Wow, that's a difficult one. There are these YouTubers that I watch, Abba and Preach, and they said something, they, they said something, they said, like they were just talking about, you know, the whole mental health thing and men opening up when women demand it or when, you know, friends demand it. And it's like, there's a lot of anger beneath it. There's a lot of anger, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of frustration, there's a lot of confusion, all wrapped up in a single ball, you know, in men's mental health. And, you know, we don't really have enough enough awareness in, in Africa generally when it comes to mental health but even the ones we have are mostly catered towards the female gender so as a man who wants to take care of his mental health I'll say the first things first is to go on a purpose journey like I, I mean if you're married if you're with a girl you know like I'm not saying break up your <laughs> relationship like Lord knows that some of us are still finding baby men amen <laughs> But it's like it's like this. Um, for me, it's it's just a thing of a purpose search. You understand? Like, find something that, and I advise every guy to have this. Find things to do that does not involve women. And I'm not trying to promote you know separation of men and women. It's like find something in your life that has that is hinged that is not hinged on 
meeting, you know, being attractive to a woman or meeting up with demands to a woman or catering to, you know, find something that is solely yours and something that you do with guys just alone that has nothing, like you don't talk about women, nothing, nothing, because it will help you build a community of brothers, which is very, very helpful because I'm alone and normal, normal, I'm an overthinker and most people don't appreciate that. So it can be a very, very lonely journey. And for, as a child, you know, I had different struggles. So I had to cater to things myself because I couldn't even talk to my mom or my dad about it because I it just I just instinctively knew they wouldn't understand, right? So it was only but I've grown and I've found a community of brothers. And when we meet, we barely talk about girls. We talk about ourselves, you know, our struggles at work. We ask ourselves questions like when did you cry last? You know, in that kind of thing, you need a community of brothers because you cannot cater to mental health alone. I know that's the narrative that usually goes around on the internet, but the thing is you need a community you need a, a road to to stable to put you on stable ground and then apart from community now what can you do alone by yourself let me put the cliche disclaimer that for everyone it is different yes but there are certain values that that we all need to have and first of is self-respect respect yourself enough to say no when you know when something is clearly to your disadvantage and holds no form of benefits holds no form of virtue respect yourself to say no because we have built a society of men who are expected to say yes when they are literally dying and to save yourself it's simple it's a simple no but it's difficult to do and it's something i tell um friends that ask me for advice and you know my students i'm like learn to say no not because you are not not charitable, not because you are not a kind person, but because you don't want to die. Like that is literally you don't want to die. Learn to say no and learn to express yourself. It will be hard to find that form of expression. Well, and it doesn't have to be turned into a creative because everybody is becoming a creative nowadays. Like I don't know what's up. But <laughs> <laughs> it says the fellow creative himself. Shots fired. <laughs> but but it's like you know find a form of expression. Like I have a friend. My best friend actually told me, he writes poems, but he doesn't write so that he can post on social media or something like that. He just writes when he's pained or when he's really, really happy or when he's totally bored and has nothing to do with his life, he writes. That is what he does. That is how he expresses himself. He writes. I have another friend that sincerely like, <laughs> this one, I don't even know what happens, what happened to this one's child, but when he's stressed, do you know what my guy does? My guy goes to the tap and then he runs the water and then he tries to see how well he can plug the water off. I'm like, what are you doing? But then there was a day he explained it and it was like, when he does that, like feeling the water beating on his arm kind of stabilizes him. I'm like, wow, that's deep. That's deep. And you know, you kind of, you need community. You need to learn how to say no to responsibilities that will kill you. And you need to find a way to express yourself through the frustration, like embrace the emotions of frustration, embrace it. You don't necessarily, you don't have to be violent. Find different places to post that energy. And, that, and that's the little I would say. Thank you so much for that, Mon. I, I think that what you said really makes a lot of sense. Find something that you do solely for yourself. Exactly. Something that you indulge in that. See, nobody's benefiting from it. It's just benefiting you alone. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense. I put in this question because it's a question that has always been on the internet. It's always there. If Twitter NG is bored now, 
and they need something to talk about somebody just needs to tweet it and everybody will jump on it but i feel like i've never really spoken to men to say see when you see this phrase how do you feel because i always say to people right i'm very i'm very blessed and i'm very lucky that i i see people talk about all kinds of experiences with some men and i read them and i'm like where are people seeing this kind of people from <laughs> are they existing because all of the people all of the men that i have come across in my life have been 70% good 70% good it's so rare for me to pick a bad experience because when I try to think about it so many good experiences overshadow it for me that I can't even find the bad experience in all of the so many good experiences I've had with the men that have that I've come across in my life so I really wanted to ask you how you feel when you go online and then you see again that yes your gender has embarrassed you and the phrase is men has come how do you feel when you go online or somebody says that phrase around you? What 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 goes through your mind at that point when you're just like when somebody just say, hey, 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 men has come, another story has broken out, your gender is embarrassing you every how does that make you feel? I won't lie, it's a phrase that even when I hear it casually, kind of hurts me. Like I feel hurt, I feel pained, I feel it, it automatically throws me into this form of insecurity in a way like i don't know why sometimes it's kind of like ah how should i put it okay let me be very very objective about it um when i hear men ask come my automatic reaction is to just go away like just don't engage leave it alone you know because the next thing i will hear is so are you trying to tell me my experiences are invalid and i'm like no, like you cannot, it's kind of like how people say you cannot view women through a very, very general, generalistic, you know, like let's say you had a bad experience with one girl who was a gold digger, right? And then automatically say all women are gold diggers. And people tell you, no, you can't do that, that that's not right. But it's perfectly acceptable to do that to men. Perfectly acceptable. Like, and why do you think men that are is? Um, if you are a man, you cannot, like, and you complain about something, like, Men, men don't really complain as loudly as women would about the men has come something because, you know, you just automatically see like this hive mind of women attack. Like it just, mm, it's a lie, stay down there, you know. And also people love to glorify bad things. The reaction I have to men has come is the same reaction I have when somebody brings up toxic masculinity. It's like you take one bad experience or you take, you know, one bad deed and automatically sum it up to the to the essence of a gender. When you say men are scum, you, you are not saying men do bad things. You are saying men are literally scum. Like, there's nothing good to be had about men. And I'm like, wow, okay, that's just... Extremist idea, right? Exactly, it's an extremist idea, but it's it's not seen as, seen as extreme. In fact, it's like normalcy. Like, mother said, like, I can I can go around now, you know, just walking by. I mean, you know, people are people are talking. In fact, just watching a movie, and then you know, the guy did maybe something ridiculous, and automatically you just hear you thrown around. Men are scum. Men are this and that, and almost every female in the gathering will just like without even thinking about it, we just nod their head in agreement. <laughs> like it's normal. It's normal to think of men that way. At the same time, you want a good man. And I'm like, okay, if all men are scum, then where does the concept of a good man come from? Like they must have dropped from Mercury or Mars or something. 
I'm sure at that point you're like, make it make sense. Make it make sense. Like, please make it make sense. <laughs> and you know, like, with, ex- with people's experiences, like, I will not deny that there are men who do bad things. Yeah. And I'm like, but like, they, ha- they cannot be the majority. Because like you said, I've met a lot of guys, you know, of different um, nationalities, of different nativities, of different sexual preferences even. And... I've never, like, sure, like, everybody has toxic traits. I don't think there's one human being on earth that can legit point to themselves and say, I don't have a toxic trait. Like, that in itself is a toxic trait. The fact that you cannot identify it. (laughs) But, like, I cannot find, like, I have barely found men that I would legit point to and objectively say, without it being me being hyper or anything, objectively say, yeah, this guy is trash. Like mm. you barely find it, but like you go on the internet and there are so many experiences. Women are not much more emotionally intelligent than men. There are even some studies that show that men are either as equally emotional as women or in fact more. It's just the expression that differs. And I think that's one thing that women don't understand. Men value the expression of emotion more. That is why it is not common. That is why if you see a guy cry, there is a level of uncomfortability that you feel because you know this is real. But for most guys, when you see a woman cry, it's almost like it's normal. Not because it's not because it's normal for women to be in pain, but it's like you see women cry at so many intervals that it's just like, ugh, what is this? You know. And sometimes I've, I've been in situations where I've seen men cry and I see the faces on, you know, their female others. Some are like sympathetic, while the others are like subtly saying the whole gay man now, don't stop crying like this now. I'm like, being a man has nothing to do with the fact that he's expressing his pain. I love the angle you you picked this from, right? And I think that some people would argue that the patriarchal society that we run in most parts of the world might Mm. kind of be responsible for how some women feel like you can't come and say all men are not scum or some men are good when people are trying to have the conversation of some man did me dirty because it almost feels like to some women like you have it all you are a man you have it's almost that's how it feels living in a patriarchal society that you have it all you don't have to carry placards to fight for some rights that women would have to fight for so it's like how can you have all these benefits and then this small thing that women are congregating to come and discuss you want to come and enter into it Rafi that makes a lot of sense yeah but there's one thing that people who talk about that don't ever talk about. Mm. Why do these men have all these things? Is it because they genuinely just want to have all the things in the world and work so hard to kill themselves for it? Or because they, they are seen to needs that are not their own? Like, I know this is a very, very con- contestable view, but it's more like women uphold the patriarchy more than men do. Because if men don't... if Women view men more through the lenses of what they can offer. Even a strong woman, like so many rich women who have worked so hard for their money, yeah, are not willing to date a guy who is financially lesser than they are. They are not. It's it's a general conception that you know they don't want. To, they they term it as dating down. They don't want to date down. Whenever a let's say a guy in the family is unable to provide and the woman has to step up, right? You you never hear it as, oh, she's such a very, very supporting wo- woman to her good husband. You hear it as the husband is lazy, he's useless, that, you know, the woman, say, the woman has to 
do things, you know, and everything. And they play, and they, you know, talk about it like, you know, it's a burden to the woman, you know, this is not normal and everything that the man should be doing. And it's like, can't the woman support her husband when he's, you know, in, uh, when he's unable? Can't she do that? Like, shouldn't it be normal for the supporting role be man and woman, right? But even women who push these things still want a man they can totally depend on. And here's what something that people don't realize. When you place your dependency a lot on a particular thing, that thing has power. That thing has power to decide on your behalf. Oh my. So it's just like so like it's just like addiction addiction, you understand? Like there's a dependency on the drug, right? Yes. So technically that drug that drug decides when you're happy. It decides your capability, it decides where you're going, like it decides what kind of social relations you have, you understand? So like when you demand so much of men and place so much dependency of men, automatically you are trading so much power to that system. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, that, that makes, makes a lot of sense. But I think from this conversation that you and I have been having, it's actually 100% correct to say this system has also caused harm to men too. Exactly, yes. That has been my point for like the last three years whenever I talk to women in private spaces and even online. Like, this is not a system that has been solely beneficial. Like, yes, sure, you have men at the top of companies and everything but like let us analyze how they got there it was cutthroat it was like as if it was a war these men don't have social lives they barely get to see their children their children think of them as just bank accounts that they can withdraw from and a father wants to have a relationship with his child but he's denied that having to always work and constantly offer something you understand and it's not it's just like men die much more in the workplace men suffer more men commit much more suicide men are 40 percent of victims of domestic abuse which we don't even talk about men suffer from rape too which is not even believed because you know a woman is not physically as powerful as a man man so there's this concept that women can't rape men men you know like there's so much and it's like the conversation is always like you know women are disadvantaged yeah? but like where are the men we are leaving the men behind and we are not noticing how much that is raising um the, how much that is creating the mindsets that, that that keeps men you know away from women or it would be basically what what was saying women are disadvantaged what do and truly women are disadvantaged because we live yes, in a yes. largely patriarchal society but at Very the same time so. this same patriarchal society is harmful to the men the problem now is how do we achieve balance that question is not going to be answered on this podcast <laughs> I don't even I don't even have the answer to I've, that question is not going to be about it for a while. <laughs> honestly, that question is not going to be answered on this podcast. But I think that for me, which I, and I'm also going to ask you, but for me, what I want anybody who listens to this podcast, men, especially men, I would like more men to listen, is you have to realize that this patriarchal system is doing you bad too. Mm-hmm. And the earlier we all come together to find something that works which is largely going to be maybe equal opportunities at least. Maybe we have to find something that would work for both people. And any man that comes across this, across this podcast, one thing I want you to know is some of us see you. Some of us know your struggles and some of us empathize. And you have to try to find a purpose outside of just being the person who provides money. Until you do that, you have not fully become 
the person you're ordained to be. I'm sorry society didn't prepare for it, but you got to prepare yourself. Daniel, what you got to say? Um, what I'll say in addition to that is, as much as we are holding men accountable in this period of time, we need to hold women also accountable. What are you holding us accountable for? What do we do? There's a level of unaccountability that goes with, you know, the rhetoric that most women say, the views they hold, you know, it's like, we don't, we want to be strong, but at the same time, we don't want to give up the benefits of the patriarchal system. And that is the level of unaccountability that needs to be addressed. You know, if women talked much more or listened much more when the man says, oh, this system affects me in a bad way. And, you know, it's something that we also need to talk about. If women are much more willing to hear a man's struggle and, you know, contribute to it, it will create allies on both sides. More men will be interested in solving women's problems and more women will be solving, uh, interested in solving people's not totally get rid of the patriarchal system that way, but will create a another level of dependence that also allows independence. Yeah, I mean, I was wondering, what did we do? We men were angels. We don't do wrong, but now that you said, <laughs> but now that you said accountability is true, we cannot be saying you know we um, patriarchal system is doing us wrong. And as soon as we see something that looks like independence, we want to run back. And I'm not going to lie. The biggest takeaway for me. For from this episode just you know having this conversation with you would be that you said whatever you give power whatever you give so much de- whatever you depend so much on you automatically give power like yes. that was just that was just profound for me thank you so much for being on this episode thank you so much yeah i am honored thank you for having me and i hope this this episode was helpful to your listeners your audience and anybody who comes across because this is our these are conversations we need to have so thank you so very much for having me i'm very sure you enjoyed listening to that conversation that i had with Daniel. It was quite very interesting, intriguing, entertaining, all kinds of adjectives that are absolutely good. And I'm sure that you plan to share this with every man in your life just to make them understand that, you know what? We see you. You can check out Daniel on his podcast, Volatile Times with Daniel, via the link I'm going to leave in the show notes because his podcast is pretty amazing. Till I come your way with another fantastic interview again on Bandswitz. Enjoy yourself and thanks for listening. I love you for every single time you click on play.